John Thanos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm. This is the podcast on the go coming to you Friday afternoon. Some of us are actually moving along as we do this podcast. John, Troy, how are you going? Five weeks till Christmas. Back to your best intro, Tommy. That's right up there. Well done. <laughs> uh, you lost a bit of energy last week, so it's good to have you back on pace. Yes, yes. No, it's a good time of year, uh, but I think we're going to talk a bit later about, you know, when do you take your foot off the pedal, and it's certainly not now. But uh, I think today we've got in store for our audience Q&A Friday. We back. do. We do. And we're going to start off with the first question. And uh, the anonymous question came in. Um, about this topic, and I'm going to para paraphrase it. More or less, it's how do you cope when another real estate agent slags you off to customers on an ongoing basis? Should you do something about it or ignore it? What do you yeah, think, guys? Funny enough, Troy, it happens a lot bizarrely in this industry, and I don't know why, but happen so my, my my initial things are number one if someone's slagging you off means you're making a dent in the market so you're doing something right so i'd say that's very good because generally people don't even the bad people don't slag off the uh, number five and six agents so that's good number uh, and realize that as the more successful you become this is going to happen you know success polarizes people's opinion of you and you are going to get people you and uh, even do so to vendors Second thing, though, I think, Troy, always rise above. Like, there is never, ever, when you're in a competitive situation, there is no rationale ever, in my opinion, to slag off the competition. You know, if, if, if it comes to you and someone said, oh, you know, Tom, you know, they reckon that you're this and that. So, you know, look, I guess they're entitled to their opinion. Um, let me just talk you through the facts. But never go down to someone's, you know, sort of gutter level by trying to uh, slag them off. I just think it's a terrible thing to do. Troisy, what are your views? Yeah, I, I, my mum's uh, voice is ringing in my head right now. If you've got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. And I just think our industry for a long period has always been very competitive and done that. And I think, you know, it would be great if we were championing uh, what other real estate agents were doing and, and professionalism. I think there's a great opportunity to be great cheerleaders of, the industry and actually improve. I mean, John, you've always had a view of um, to change the way real estate's viewed in Australia is to change the perception of the education levels of our of our colleagues. And I, I think the more we have a race to yeah. the bottom and we argue with each other, that's that's only going to keep us in the, the dark ages. I think the only way we can do that is by changing the view on what we do with our, our teammates and our competitors. So I, I'm on the same view as you. Oh, yeah, I'm, um, uh, yeah. Look, yeah, always rise above. I, I'm just uh, inspired by your mum because the only thing mine ever said was clean your room. So yours has given you all these pearls of wisdom at a young age. So no wonder you turned out so so damn good. Tom, what about you? Yeah, look, yeah, my mother, my mother told she's a Greek mother. She said just eat more. That's all she was concerned about when I was <laughs> just eat the food, right? Look, as far as I'm concerned, it's really as you're talking, I'm thinking about it. Do I do I listen to the opinions of another person talking about a third party? Potentially, I do if I trust the person I'm speaking with, right? If I trust that person, and but what I wouldn't do is I wouldn't listen to someone that had an actually vested interest in the whole issue. So if you're talking about one agent talking about another agent, if I'm a consumer, and I think we've got a very sophisticated consumer in 2020, 
one of the things that would be going in their head, one of the voices would be, it's interesting that this person's bringing it up. Um, I wonder why they're bringing it up. So I don't think it actually serves anyone, you know, putting down um, an opposition when you're talking about consumers uh, being pretty educated in 2020. Yeah, the other thing, Tommy, if I can add, I agree with that. The other thing, if I can add, is if, if there is something which is a consistent theme, and let's say, for example, I mean, putting aside, you should never slag it off, but let's say there's a bit of truth to it. So you, you, you're new to the industry. You've, you've never sold a property above a million dollars or something like that, which is kind of being thrown at you. There's always the opportunity to be proactive and say, yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Panos, you know, one, one of the things that you might think or hear is that, yeah, because I've only been in this three, nine months, perhaps I'm not as well positioned as some of the competitors. What I'd like to do is share with you why I think that's actually the reason to bring me on board. I'm not a principal. I have no distractions. I'm a, I'm a gun at social media, which unfortunately a lot of the older brigade just don't seem to understand how we can leverage it and use it. Um, I've got more energy than everyone else put together because this is like day one for me in a sense. So I think you can you can get on the front foot if there is something that you think may be perceived, back to your earlier point, Tommy, as a weakness. And, and if there's an element of truth to it, I would get on the front foot in that instance. But if someone's, you know, just sort of slagging you off just for the sake of trying to win the listing, rise above it. Good point. And that's a good action step for everyone. Do an inventory on yourself. What are potential weaknesses? And then maybe look at how they can actually be strengths and advantages in your proposition to a client. So that's a very good point. John and Troy, Tommy, let's to move add, on. Just to add to that, just sorry, to Tommy, to add to that, because Troy and I were doing a coaching session the other day up at the Hunter Valley, and you know, we were talking to the team about it. And you know, I said, before you go to a listing, you must do, ideally with someone else, but you can do it by yourself if you need to. You know, what are the three reasons that this client may be hesitant or may even decide not to use you, what would be the three reasons? Write them down, be honest about it. If you've got a sales manager or principal to do it with you, even better. <clears throat> and then what are the three, and then what are your answers? So, okay, I don't have an office in the area for 15 kilometres away. I've never sold a property above a million and I've only been in the industry six months. For example, might be the three things you come up with. Then switch them around. What, what are the advantages of that thing? You know, the benefit of not having an office in the area is we take a regional approach because we think buyers don't look in suburbs, they look in areas, they look for lifestyles. So we've got a wider catchment area, for example. Um, so that could be one. And then what are the three reasons that they absolutely would be crazy not to hire you? And if you brainstorm that, especially if you're fairly new or newer to the industry, before you go to every listing, you're going to arrive much more confident and better equipped to handle those things. So maybe just think about how they could do that. Love it. Love it. Question number two. I go to listing presentations. I follow structure. I send a pre-list and I'm very good at following up. The problem is I seem to get the same answer from vendors. We liked you, but I seem to miss out on a lot of business and find out only after the listing presentation, often weeks later. So... Guys, um, I've had a few members that actually bring this up, and you know, so, so, that sometimes you could actually have a have, have an agent that, yes, on the surface might look that they're doing absolutely everything right, um, but look, you know, sometimes reading the play 
Uh, sometimes, as, uh, John, I remember we did a podcast, and I think, Troy, it was one of our early, early podcasts um, where you talked about a coaching session where someone had this self-limiting belief about asking for the business. And you mm. coached them in helping understand that you you can ask for the business without being pushy and having commission breath. Yeah, no, spot on. Look, to me, it sounds that instance, you know, we talk at McGrath about passion and process both. It sounds like the particular person that's asked the question might have the the, uh, pa- uh, the process down pat, which is excellent because I think they're both important, but maybe there's not the soul connection, there's not the, the heart connection, there's not the chemistry they're creating. So, yeah, a lot of people that go out there and, and it's a good thing to do. Okay, you know, what does Alex Phillips do? What does Tom Panos do? What does, you know, Peter Chauncey do? Try and unpack the process that other successful people use, but then you've got to pour your own personality. And so I think Tom, it's probably lack of confidence or lack of connection. You know, you need to be in this industry, you need to be a world-class connector, a world-class rapport builder. And that feels to me like they're relying maybe too much on that on the on the process and they're losing some of the passion some of the connection some of the personality some of the chemistry so that's to me where i'd be looking for the solution there i think two things as well john that i've noticed as well just by hearing that is maybe it's even lack of belief um it seems like they've missed out on a few so maybe they've lost a little bit of belief in what they think they can achieve and the second one i would say to this person and i know tom you they wanted to remain anonymous to a certain extent um was maybe role play with someone in the office or maybe role play with a coach and just work out if the way they're presenting currently is resonating with everyone. I feel like a lot of the times we think we're doing a great job and there's a lot of process around it and we think we're delivering it in the best possible way, but sometimes we're missing key questions or key closing elements to that presentation that maybe the difference between getting 100% of the listing and, and, and missing out. So really, really good point, Troy. Um, the extreme makeover that we that we talk about quite a bit, Tommy, around sometimes you've actually just got to look at the fact, and this is not to be cruel to anyone, but there are elements of you that are not that likable. And yeah. likability and trust in this industry, if I like you and I trust you and you've got a decent process, I'm going to hire you. So, you know, the likability, and it may not just be I don't like you. It could be I don't feel you, as Troy just said so beautifully, you don't have the confidence in yourself. I didn't feel you really believed in it. You didn't have the conviction. Or you're a bit arrogant. You moved a bit too fast for me. Um, You used a lot of industry jargon. You know, I didn't quite understand what you were saying. You made me feel kind of not that smart. And I actually want someone that can explain these things to me and give me confidence. So, yeah, I think it's a really good good point. Belief. Confidence, chemistry, passion, add those to your process and you're going to shift around. And one of the beautiful things, Tommy, is many times you lose a listing, you lose it by 5%. You may not have to um, do too much to get yourself ahead. So uh, extreme makeover may be required. Beautiful. Next question. I'm considering leaving my agency and starting with a new firm in the new year that is offering me a significant more amount of commission. This essentially means that even if I don't sell more properties, I'll make more money in the move. Any advice? I do like my agency, but I'm tempted by the big split in this internet-based agency. Um, Guys, this comes up often. 
and, and there has been, look, and there has been in the last 12 months a lot of uh, um, hybrid-type offices that are basically saying you work, you know, you're on your, on your own. They've been around for a while, but there's been more that have come out. Um, you know, you, you work from home, you get a higher split, do your own thing, or even sometimes not work from home. So there might be a competitor down the road that gives you an extra 10, 15, 20%. Um, your views. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You're right. There's been pressure on 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 agent fees, and and they've gone up north. I mean, the old days when I started, Tommy, probably you too, it was you know fifty fifty if you're lucky, uh, and that was it. And now there's no doubt that as agents have built you know stronger businesses, they're they're actually deserving more, in my opinion, and and obtaining more. But there comes a point where the extra five or ten percent that someone else might be offering you, because you know there's always going to be someone that'll offer you. Are you getting 60, or I'll give you 65. Or 65, I'll give you 75. So my, my view is there's a certain sort of commission structure, and you should be across that. And depending on what you're writing, it's going to be a slightly different number. But beyond that, I think, you know, it's more important to have the culture, to have the coaching and mentoring. Um, good, a good example, I'll just give you one. I'm sure he won't mind too much. But Alex Jordan, you know, Tommy, he works yep. with us. And I think he's... he's I arguably think he's the best agent in the country and one of the best in yeah. the world. But um, he was working for for a real estate company that was giving him about a 90-odd percent split when he met us. And, and we identified him as a future talent. You know, a long story short, approached him and he said, you know, what's the, what's the commission? And I think it was kind of 60% and he was on like 90 and, you know, we said, well, it's, you know, it's, it's 90% of what? And we looked at what he was doing. He's doing, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars. He was doing probably a little bit better than the average bear, but not much. And we said, well, we think there's a lot more in you. We think we can help you get to a million and then maybe more and then maybe two and beyond. And anyway, long story short, he'll probably write four or five million this year. And, and he's one of the top agents I've ever met in my life and the most wonderful people. So he was sharp enough, even though what we were offering him was some 30% less than he was getting, he understood or he formed a view, obviously, that um, he felt he could do better learning and being mentored and being in a higher performance culture. So I think it's, it's, it's commission is relevant. You shouldn't be underpaid, but I think you've got to be aware of people that are throwing bigger figures at you to get them across. What's behind the commission? what's the brand like what's the coaching what's the mentoring what's the culture what are the people like you know what what's the support what's the marketing like all those other things because as Alex Jordan's shown you know you can 10x your business um, if you're in the right environment yeah it's funny you say that John because I think I'd sent it to you about 18 months ago we did a uh, private Facebook survey of our gym members what are you looking for in your in an employer and we had a number of options put up there. The top three that came up were brand, training, culture. Fee, yeah. fee, fee did come into it, but it wasn't in the top three. And it became very clear what people don't want to get is get get pay underpaid. And there are yeah. instances, I mean, there are some instances out there when you, 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 I'm surprised that they still exist that there are people on 35%, right? But mm -hmm. um, not many. But what people appear to want is a place that feels good to go in. They want something mm -hmm. that's got a brand, that's got a bit of a magnet in the community. And um, they, they obviously um, like training. Um, yeah. And it appears they're in the top three. So, um, and by the way, Anyone that's thinking about 
leaving so they can make less sales and make the same amount of money is not the kind of mindset you should go into 2021 with, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Troy, could, have we missed something there? I mean, I know that you and I align on this. No, I think we, we absolutely nailed everything. The other thing I'd just mention is the short-term sugar hit doesn't always align to your long-term goals. So I think that's something to be mindful of as well. Like, it may seem like a great deal, but like you said, John, scratching the surface, what does it look like in five years? Um, are you aligned to the leaders of that business? Sometimes it's better to make sure you're watering the grass where you are and building a profile and a reputation around great business as opposed to chasing the extra 5% commission split. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Now, gang, as we come towards the end of this podcast, I think we should spend a few moments talking about five weeks to go, right? We're middle of November. Um, People can still list properties for the 19th of December and around that period. But we've got five weeks to go, and it's an important five weeks. In terms of productivity, it's probably more important than five weeks in July. There's a lot happening. There's a big appetite from consumers. Repressed activity due to COVID-19 means that there's plenty of people on the vendor side that want to take advantage of this current market. John, Troy, what are the pieces of advice you could give our audience um, on what they should be doing and focused on in this last month? Yeah, I, I think that uh, we know that, you know, people won't be going overseas for, for holidays and hopefully they'll find a place at home or, or in Australia that they'll enjoy to recharge themselves. But I think that the market's going to go right through till Christmas. And I think it's going to open a little bit earlier next year than traditional. Um, and I think that there's going to be plenty of sales to be made. So be careful about, or, or, or don't be careful, but, uh, you know, think about when you're going to, when's the best time for you to have your break and, and come back and so forth. Um, we were, Troy and I were coaching one of our, our regional offices the other day and one of our agents, great guy, great agent, he said, look, I'm sitting on or about to sign up about eight listings over the next few days. And he said, I'm just thinking, should I hold them over to 2021 or should I crack off now and, and get starting? And I said to him, well, what I would do is I think you can actually get these launched and sell them and list the buyer's property and launch them in 2021. And I was serious. You know, we know Alex Phillips, one of his greatest talents, one of his many great talents, is he's got a great sense of urgency. And I can tell you what, Alex Phillips lists a property on the 1st of December. He ain't talking about, you know, 2021. He's getting all his buyers through straight away. He's got urgency, he's got energy, and he, he'll do the deal and he'll list the buyer's property and he might sell the buyer's property, you know. So I think uh, there's there's if you're working with the right buyers, you've got a sense of urgency, you're pricing them right, there's still plenty of sales to be made before New Year's Eve. Roy? Yeah, Tom, I don't know. From an auction perspective, um, I've got two bookings that came through today um, for the 19th, and I, that that takes me up to nine, uh, seven bookings on the the 19th of December, and I'm getting a couple from the 18th, which is the Wednesday night, and a couple for the 23rd, which is the Wednesday night leading up until Christmas. So there seems to be a big appetite uh, for a lot of vendors right now to to make something happen before this year finishes. Um, so have that crucial conversation with them. It does come back to buyer work though. Like if you have the buyers, it makes it 
a lot more seamless if you know the appetite for the buyers to make a move on something before Christmas. If they're buying in the market right now, they want to buy before Christmas. That's the general consensus and, and feedback I'm getting from the agents that we're working with. Um, and then have a really good plan for 2021. Uh, John, we spoke about with a number of our teams this week about what does that look like? Is it four, is it six, is it eight, is it 10 listings to really hit the ground running and have that 30th of auction, 30th of January auction date set in stone. So, you know, you're walk, working towards something and you've got momentum as soon as you come back. I think Dr. Fred said it best when he said, make sure you park your car on the top of the hill. So you only have to release the handbrake at the start of 2021. Yeah. As you know, Tommy, Christmas lunch tastes a lot better when you've got eight listings for January ready to go. So um, I, I think get on, get in touch with all your vendors um, sign them up before you go on holidays rather than saying, oh, look, I'll give you a call the second week of January. Get them signed now because who knows what's going to happen over the break. Someone else might get in between you and them and um, and uh, and make it happen. There's, there's plenty to be done in 2021. You want to start strong. Yeah, well said. And I actually think, guys, this is different this year. I don't see the Christmas invitations, parties, that were of previous years. I see a lot of agents that are telling me they're starting work again on the 4th of January. And it appears, like you've said, Troy, with your bookings, people are more than happy to be transacting on the 23rd of December. So maybe the answer is uh, don't treat this like December, treat this like October. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, guys, thank you so much. It was good having those uh, questions. And um, I'll talk to you again next week. To all our listeners, have a great week. The weather's fantastic. That's the good news. And I believe Adelaide is all under control. A big shout-out to Phil Harris and everyone in South Australia who've got to spend the next three or four days sitting at home. They're not allowed to be doing anything. It's a pretty strict lockdown there, but they're on top of it. And I believe that there's been hardly any infections since they went into lockdown. So um, they're on the right track. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week, everyone. Thanks a lot. See you, John. See you, Troy. See you, guys. Bye. Bye.